Welcome back to That Organic Mom's Podcast, where you can learn anything and everything about how to get and stay healthy. From my favorite expert, Rebecca Huff. She's the one keeping your families healthy and energetic all year round. Also, get free menus, recipes, and many more resources on That Organic Mom's website, thatorganicmom.com. And here's Rebecca. Hey guys, Rebecca here with a healthy bite, and I have a special treat in store for you guys today. I have someone I met at EarthFest, and it is Dana with Wisteria Herbs. Welcome, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited because my kids and I love talking about herbs and learning about herbs, so we're going to get a lot of knowledge from you. I'm excited. <laughs> me too. So, First, I wanted to ask you how you got started in the whole herb world. Okay. I have had a history of chronic acne, and that's my constant health challenge. It started maybe about four or five years ago, and I just had kind of been fed up with it, and I decided to do something about it and started looking at herbs. And they worked really well, so I kept learning about them and learning about new things, and I just kind of couldn't stop learning about them, and now I'm here, so I'm just always, I love to learn, and there's so much to learn about plants and plant medicine. That's cool. I think that's how so many people get into things like this, because I got into learning about health and nutrition due to one of my own needs, but that's a very interesting way to get into something. Almost almost everybody that's in this kind of space has a personal story that goes with why they're here. Totally. I love that. That's really cool. Okay. So tell me about what you mostly do. What, like, what's a day like for you in your herb business? That's a good question. I'm just getting started, so most of my days are different. I do a lot. I wear a lot of hats, as most people that have businesses will tell you. So what you saw at EarthFest, I do a lot of foraging here in Knoxville. So I lead uh, plants, identification classes. So we'll go out into the field, into local parks and stuff, and walk around and talk about the plants there, how to use them, what you can use them for, how to identify them, all sorts of fun stuff. And this is a great activity for the kids and uh, people will also bring their dogs too. So it's like the whole family is there learning about plants together. It's really exciting. I also see people one-on-one like in a clinic setting. I'm not a doctor, but I will uh, work with them to help them improve their health, whatever their health goals may be. And right now, currently, I'm starting a new program where I'm working with people with depression And this is an online course. So it's a 12-week course, and it would be like like you're taking a regular class online. There's like Q&A sessions and homework and that sort of stuff. So it's really, really in-depth, and I'm excited to get started with it because depression is a tough condition. Definitely. And the problem with it is everybody needs to be treated differently. That's a theme throughout herbal medicine, like when you – look at someone and you try to help them with herbs, you have to help the individual individual. You can't you can't give two different people the same herbs for the same condition. So if you have two people and they both have asthma, I would probably give them completely different herbs. Right. Just because they're different people and their body responds differently. That makes sense. 
And so that's why I'm really excited to be helping people with such a challenging issue because a lot of people struggle to get help and they can't find it because everybody's like, oh, well, this one thing works or this one thing works. And the, like the truth is it doesn't work for everyone. <laughs> right. I think that goes for pretty much any protocol. Mm -hmm. But I think especially with depression, there's such a wide range of things that can cause depression. Yes. So this course, is it going to be available through your website or how would people find um, this course? It will eventually be available through my website. Right now, honestly, the best thing to do is send me an email and then we'll get in contact. Okay. And I'll put your email address yeah, in the show notes. That so. would be great. And this course starts this month. In May. For anyone interested, yes. Okay. And if they wanted to get in contact with you about participating in this course, they could just send you an email. Yes. So at wisteriaherbs at gmail.com. That's, that's the Great. best way to do it. Okay, good. I love the word foraging. <laughs> when I heard you say that you go foraging and I did see your meetup schedule or whatever online. Mm -hmm. So do you have a specific, do you like go foraging regularly with a group of people? How does that work? So I like to try to schedule a meetup every month because that's, that's that's enough for people to get involved. I'd really like to be doing it bi-weekly, but sometimes my schedule doesn't allow like but the interest is there among yeah, the community. Yeah, the interest is there like I I used to do these every week and people would show up every week. We normally have about 15 people come to our events now. They're actually gaining a lot of momentum in Knoxville and people know about it. That's exciting. So when you talk to them, it's like this kind of like little secret thing that people pass around. They're like, oh, there's this really cool thing we do. Go on, forage. And <laughs> so who who is going foraging? Are these like preppers or like herbalists or just people well, like me who are just the curious? Surprising thing. Yeah, it's just people that are curious and they kind of get hooked. Like a lot of them are into the like sustainable living, like they've got a garden of mm -hmm. some sort and they're interested in herbs, but they just come out and they see what we're doing. They're like, this is so cool. I'm definitely going to come back. And yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of addictive. Well, as a child, my grandmother would have us go out and pick dandelion leaves and yeah. like the dandelions and she would stir fry them Yep. and we would eat them. Yep. And I've told people that and they think we're crazy. And then we were part of a CSA, a community supported agriculture. And they said you dandelion, didn't they? Well, they did sometimes, but we always got this little, this was when we lived in Florida mm -hmm. and we always got this little bag of edible flowers oh, wow. and my daughters loved to put those what, edible what flowers they, like what kind of flowers i don't remember because that's been like 10 or 12 Maybe years ago lily or well i remember there were little purple ones yeah, maybe. Okay. But anyways, it was always yeah. so much fun to have edible flowers on mm -hmm. our salads. So what kind of what kind of things do you forage for in Knoxville? Like what do you mm -hmm. find when you go foraging? Depends on the season. Now, right now there's a ton of stuff outside because plantain. it's spring. Yeah, plantain. Woo! <laughs> Actually meant to get some earlier. I have like a little bug bite yeah, that's like, been itching me. Chew it up and put it on there. Yep, yep uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> That's fun. So, but plantains like a year round um, here in the south. It's it's pretty easy to find it all year. Uh, but right now what's 
good to harvest. Your mustards are out. Actually, we had an early season this year, and they're actually starting to go away. And aren't mustard greens good for detoxification? Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just a nice edible, Mm -hmm. mostly. Uh, If you're talking about medicinal plants. But I mean, like when you eat mustard greens... Don't they have a certain... Well, I, I mean, in general, they're just, they've got a lot of fiber and they're the, the taste, that the burning taste Bitter tends to kind of. open the lungs and oh. stimulate things and get things moving. So like you do get benefits from yes. eating. Yeah. It's the yeah. same with like spices in your kitchen cabinet that right. they have the stimulating effect on all parts of the body and cool. the mustard greens do a similar thing. So we might find mustard greens and then what else? Uh, well, there is a list that I have on my <laughs> <Nice>. website. <laughs> so if you want to have the full list, uh, there's actually, I need to fix it again. But if you go to the opt-in, mm-hmm. there's like a little box and I'll say like, do you want a list of wild oh, spring you can edibles? Get a- yeah. And you can just like put in your email address and I'll send it right to your email. Oh, so I can get the list for yes. myself by and opting best- into your... Yes, okay, that's cool. the best way because there's like... 30 or 40 things on it. Yay, I'll have to do that. Um, but uh, actually, one really good one that you could go ahead and use is violets. So most people have these growing in their yard, mm-hmm. the little wild violets, the mm-hmm. little purple, sometimes white flowers. Mm-hmm. And these are a really nice salad green. Uh, they don't have much of a taste. They are a tiny bit slimy, like okra almost. <laughs> but I like to tell people about this because... It's always in their yard, and it's right. like free salad, so why not eat it? True. And also another thing that Violet is good for is if you can't sleep, it can help calm you down. It's kind of like chamomile. It's very mm. mild, but you can make a tea out of the leaves, nice. and that'll help kind of calm you down and get you ready for bed. It doesn't knock you out really hard. It's just mild. Ooh, this is good but- to know. You know, one of my favorite topics is sleep hygiene. Oh, really? I'm constantly harping on get better sleep. I yes. have a an entire section of my website that's all about good sleep hygiene. <laughs> so obviously I need to add this to the list. Well, do you want to talk about sleep herbs? Sure. Okay. What else? Um, so so the chamomile and the violets, one of my absolute favorites is lavender. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you used lavender before? I have lavender growing in my backyard. <gasps> oh, yay. I, I planted okay. it. So Good. Yeah. Um, so for people that have trouble sleeping, lavender is fantastic. I, I haven't seen it not work. So even for people that have really, really chronic sleep issues, mm-hmm. it may not like Put them immediately to sleep, but they'll tell me they slept deeper and they were able to get to sleep easier. Wow. And what do they do with the lavender? You, Say they pick it from their backyard. Yeah. You have to make a tea out of it. So mm-hmm. this is where most people trip up. They'll say like, oh, I tried lavender. And I'm like, what kind? They'll say, oh, the essential oil. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not, no. Don't use the essential oil. You can't even use the tincture. It has to be the tea. Oh, okay. So, and it doesn't take much. And you can also, what's really nice about lavender is if you don't have it growing in your yard, you can actually go to the grocery store and they sell little lavender buds in like the culinary section. Oh, And so you can take those and brew tea from those. Okay. If you don't have lavender in your yard. Um, But honestly, I find in most like uh, subdivisions, you can just kind of walk around and somebody has it growing in their yard and you can nicely right. knock on their door and be like, can I have some of your lavender? Oh yeah. So you don't need, you don't need the buds. You can use the leaves as well. Both, mm-hmm. both They're work. tiny. 
Yeah. So 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 you can you can use the leaves and you can also use the flowers. Both okay. work. But you so, don't need to wait on it to bloom. Right. And you said, you know, out of yards and stuff. And that brings up a concern that I normally have. Yes. We don't spray our yard. As mm-hmm. you can tell, there isn't a perfectly green <laughs> lawn out front. That's good. We have um, little dandelions. My kids call the ones the blowits. They call them blowits. <laughs> Um, and we have people come to our door all the time trying to sell us pesticides. And I'm like, no, really? thank you. Wow. We like our weeds. That's okay. So what do you think? I mean, do you do you take precautions about this? I, or? I would definitely ask. Right. I before you like forage from ask, someone's yard. Yes, yes. And even in public locations, it's mm-hmm. a very good idea because – Especially here in the South, we have um, this thing where they go around and spray pesticides. Mm-hmm. So last summer, we had the Zika virus outbreak thing, and people were scared about that. And the city actually went around and sprayed in uh, parks and things for the oh, Zika virus. Yeah. So that's probably a concern if you're in public parks. Uh, sometimes just around the edge of things, they'll spray herbicides just to keep the plants at bay. Mm-hmm. Like I know they do it under electrical power lines they'll right. spray so just like and that's that is honestly like you said it right that is the biggest concern you should have when you're foraging it's like i would rather eat a plant that a dog peed on than somebody sprayed pesticides on because that's like toxic chemicals right so that's always my big concern when yeah. i think about foraging or getting things from the mm-hmm. wild yes. is like okay yes this is here but I mean, for example, if you're walking mm-hmm. on a greenway or in any yes. of the parks in Knoxville, I mean, you know that there has to be a certain amount of maintenance that's mm-hmm. been done. So, so so what I really like to do here in Knoxville in particular is go out to the local Frisbee parks because the people that tend to maintain those let them get a little bit more wild and they tend to be people that are sustainably minded. Mm-hmm. And they try to, like, mark off certain trees so they won't be cut down. And I, f- I feel like the people that maintain those parks will take a little bit better That's care of know. their plants. But just ask questions, I suppose. Asking, asking is the best way to do it. Right. Um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious mm-hmm. what you feel like is the most important thing people, like beginners, like me, mm-hmm. should know about herbs. Like, if you were... Just going to tell someone a five-minute summary of what you think is so important about herbs. Herbs are powerful, and people need to know that. They are very strong, and they are medicines. The, the chemicals in plants are what comprise most of our, actually all of our modern-day pharmaceuticals. And in this sense, herbs shouldn't be brushed off as they don't do anything. They should also be regarded with respect. Mm -hmm. And when you use herbs, it's very good to be careful what you're doing. Mm. Now, I I say this a little hesitantly because there's a broad spectrum of herbs. There are the ones that are mild in effect, Mm -hmm. which most people use, like the chamomile and the violet and that sort of stuff. That's, That's very safe to you know, just take. And then there are things that you can buy at your supplement store that are strong medicinals. 
And these are things that people need to be careful with. Mm -hmm. So I see it a lot. People will come to me and be like, I'm taking this herb and this herb and this herb. And I just like, like, it's probably not good for you to take these things because everybody's body is different and you need to see a qualified herbalist. Um, People make themselves sick with supplements. It's very common, very, very common. And like I said, these are strong medicines, which comes with goods and bads. Like you can, you can use these to help and support your body, but on the other hand, you can make yourself sick if you aren't careful. So, so that's my advice to people is maybe when you want to use herbs, look up how strong they are and use the more mild ones that tend to be all around for things. Like for sickness, I always recommend astragalus. Astragalus is Good for almost everybody, unless you have an autoimmune condition, it's going to be fine. And then, but but you have to be more careful with things that are going to mess with your hormones, like wild yam. So what you're basically saying is that before you get started in herbs, it's better to educate yourself yes. a little bit. Please educate yourself. That's one of my big questions that was actually going to be my next question is, do you have a favorite beginner herb book? I recommend the learningherbs.com website for beginners. It's fantastic. It is a dollar for a subscription that Mm -hmm. goes your whole year. Very, very cheap. And you get access to all of these wonderful videos and audio files of um, very qualified, experienced herbalists. And they have beginner videos as mm-hmm. well for people. So they'll have a video on like how to make tinctures, how to make teas, how to harvest your plants and cool. that sort of thing. It's a really, really great resource for people. Okay. And I have I have a little bit of trouble sometimes recommending how to get started with herbs because my background is in Chinese medicine. Mm. And so the Learning Herbs website and a lot of herbal things you will find on the internet are Western herbalism. And I find that Western herbalism works for about 80% of the population. And then there's the other 20% that get sick from it. I'm fascinated by traditional Chinese (laughs) medicine. I mean, I actually have a passion for China in general, but I love studying reading about I shouldn't say studying because that makes it sound like I know something about it because I really don't but whenever Mm -hmm. I see anyone mentioning traditional Chinese medicine I'm always like let me read that very fascinating to me um and and when I said sick I didn't really mean sick but I meant that they don't benefit from it Mm. it's it's one of those things where you see like they're taking herbs and they're doing all the right nutritional things and they just don't get well Mm. and this is where Chinese medicine comes in because it's fantastic for people with chronic diseases, people that don't, like, they can't get well, no Mm -hmm. matter what they've done, they can't get well. And I think Western herbalism, um, as, you know, as great as it is, doesn't do well with these types of people. Oh, well, I have a group on Facebook, a friend and I started together, a fellow blogger, Jamie, Mm -hmm. um, from Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. We have a group called Hope Lively, and it's specifically for people with chronic illness. Yes. So I, I believe there are a lot of people with chronic illness that have tried so many things and just don't know what to do. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to eventually specialize in this. I work with people. I use individual herbs. I make my formulas. I I don't use uh, something that's pre-bought. And Mm. I think 
that is the best way to get results with people is give them exactly the herbs they need because the formulas are for the general population. And when you have someone with a chronic illness, what works for the general population is not going to work for them. It's, it's already like, that's why they're here, right? right. <laughs> yes. It's not going to work for them. Okay. Um, changing courses just a little <laughs> bit. I wanted to ask you, so what are your goals with your business? Like where mm-hmm. is Wisteria Herbs going? And you touched on it mm-hmm. a little bit saying that you wanted to help people with the traditional Chinese medicine and people with yeah. chronic illness. So yeah. what are your big goals? Wow. Okay. That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one thing I definitely want to keep doing is the foraging. Mm-hmm. I, like, I absolutely want that to be my community contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, where I see this going in the future is working with people with chronic illnesses or uh, my, I feel like sometimes my higher calling is educating physicians on using herbs, educating other health professionals on how to safely use herbs in their practice, because I see this a lot everybody's on a supplement, right? Everyone is on a supplement. And they go into the doctor's office and they say, doctor, is this good for me? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Right. Very, very common. And so I'd really like physicians and nurse practitioners and other people like that to be confident and be like, here, let's look at it. Let's see if this is good for you or not. Mm. And be able to tell them definitively, yes or no, this is going to help or harm you. You need to stop this, give them another recommendation, or yes, continue this. And I see myself in the future doing that because I feel like I can reach a lot of people that way. That's wonderful. And um, yeah. and the, the chronic illness as well is something that I'm like, you know, this is something that needs to be done. But I'm still struggling with how to do that properly in a, like a clinical setting mm-hmm. because... The traditional model, I think, in our health system is flawed. I think people coming in for every other week for an appointment to see their doctor and they have 10 minutes with them. It's just... (laughs) Don't get me started. That's my soapbox. (laughs) You can't get well that way. And people need a lot of attention to get well when they have these situations. Especially chronic illness. Yeah. And uh, that's what I'm trying to move towards with this depression program is have an online educational... Uh, program for them where they learn to heal themselves Mm -hmm. because nobody else can do that for you when you are in a situation like that you can have people that help you and give you information and get you moving but at the end of the day it comes down to you and whether or not you're willing to put the effort in true so i I like that goal i think that needs to be a focus of our health system and i hope it moves that way i see a lot of change right now mm-hmm. in in Knoxville in the United States I see a lot of change and I'm really hopeful that it's going to become mainstream and we're just going to see a lot of health reform I'm really excited about it Oh I'm excited too and that that kind of ties in with the next thing I was going to ask you mm-hmm. but you know to make a big change like that yeah. I think that you have to almost target the younger generations yes. so like educating yes kids and teenagers and young Mm -hmm. adults Mm -hmm. as far as like giving them this passion that you have 
about learning about herbs and about foraging. So the next thing I was going to ask you is if you'd like to come back and maybe we could do a YouTube video. I would love to. Um, yes. So I know you have a, a YouTube channel that you're kind of starting up. Mm-hmm. You have some videos on there that I watched. Yeah, and you're there's a couple. Kind of growing that. Are all of your social media, are you on all social media at um, Wisteria Herb? or? Uh, so I have a Facebook page, which is not actually under Wisteria Herbs because they won't let me change the domain. Um, <laughs> it's foraging for wild, edible, and medicinal plants. Okay, I'll leave all of the okay. links and stuff in the show notes. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me because it's a really long name. And then I am on Instagram. And I don't really maintain my YouTube very much, but there are videos there. Cool. So, but the best the best way to stay in contact and update with what's going on is to be on the Facebook page. Okay. Facebook's yeah. where it's uh-huh. happening, huh? Yes. Most okay. definitely. I try to I try to post something there a couple times a week. Right. Well, I do all different kinds of stuff on my YouTube, but one of my favorite things to do is get my kids involved. And last year, I think it was last year, we did a nature walk video. But I think it would be mm-hmm. fun if you came back and we did yes. like a, a foraging video. And that would be really you exciting. You could show my kids how to forage and we could put it on YouTube. I'd love to see their reactions. That'd be awesome. <laughs> How excited they are. And get. I'll let them show you their yeah. herb books. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad that you took the time to come over today out of your busy schedule so we could have this chat. I'm so excited I was able to make it. I can't wait to pick your brain and learn more about yes. herbs and get out there and go foraging. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me. This has been fantastic. Awesome. Thanks. You can find more information on the That Organic Mom's YouTube channel or go to thatorganicmom.com. Make sure to sign up for the That Organic Mom newsletter for lots of healthy tips, recipes, and more. Check back every Wednesday for a new episode of A Healthy Bite.